0: I'm John Liberto and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. There are some musicians who just never quite break the surface. We've got a lot of well-known artists on Echoes, but we have many who are quite a bit less than well-known. And it's not necessarily because of the music. These are musicians who don't play live. They don't promote their music, and usually have got marginal, if any, social media presence. Nathan Spear is one of them. He is so under Ground that he actually creates his music in the basement. But it is really beautiful music based on piano, but venturing into chamber music and electronic sounds. We play him a lot on Echoes, and today I've got him telling his story in the Echoes podcast. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about the Echoes summer fun drive to keep the chill out going. We have taken on many challenges in these past three years, you know, things like the pandemic, government funding cuts, stations going all news talk, but through it all, Echoes has moved forward, discovering new music, investigating the early pioneers and movements, bringing you insightful interviews, and most important of all, maintaining the chill. The year ahead is going to be just as challenging, but we are committed to the music and the artists who create it, and we'll be striving to bring you the same level of excellence and more, because no matter what the challenges are, one thing is always true. Echoes will push the boundaries of our imaginations and yours, and Echoes will always bring on the chill. You are why we do what we do, and we need your help to raise $20,000. And the heat of this summer, Echoes may be the best chill thing out there. Support us now with a donation to help us beat the heat. Go to echoes.org and hit the support tab to donate. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. Do it now as we head into this interview with Nathan Spear, because... Who else is out there going underground to discover these artists? Nathan Spear is one of those bedroom type musicians, but with chops. Actually, he's a basement musician. He's also very eclectic, but within a certain contemplative paradigm where he gathers an eclectic array of influences. They include new age piano, space music, and world music. He's brought all that together, creating solo piano works, ambient chamber music, and purely electronic explorations. He most recently released an album called Over Earth Under Stars. We're talking to Nathan Spear over the Riverside app. He's sitting in his basement studio in his home in rural North Carolina. His grand piano, a couple of hand drums, and some electronic instruments are visible behind him. Born in 1980, he grew up on Florida's Space Coast. His father worked as a mechanic for the Space Center. Just being in that environment fed his creative imagination.
1: I have very deep nostalgic memories of being in a part of Florida that just now is fully development. At the time, was nothing but orange groves and backyard uh, sand lots, quarry mines. Thinking about space, looking at the stars. It was the first time that someone tuned me into the Orlando Public Radio Station, and I could listen to Echoes at night, as well as you know, Hearts of Space, and. It was around that same time one of my uncles was bringing in some other recordings of Tangerine Dream and Andreas Wallenbieder. That just opened up my whole world of, just turned up my creativity from there. I just wanted to continue to paint, make music, write stories.
0: wasn't just his uncle's records that triggered his imagination. Listening to public radio also provided an escape.
1: I got the benefit of hearing new music that I like. I had some dubbed cassette recordings of Echo radio programs that I would listen through for years in one of my first cars, you know?
0: He first started making music by noodling around on a decaying upright piano that his family got from his grandmother.
1: I didn't even know what I was doing with it, but um, I sure enjoyed plucking around at it, and then they talked about putting me in some piano lessons, and I got a little bit intimidated. But by the end of the first year, though, I was flourishing. I started writing some of my own music down when I was 12, and um, was trying to just record stuff with uh, cassette recorders. I remember taking a tape reset recording to a um, New Age bookstore in Cocoa Beach when I was around 14. They played a little bit of it
0: over the speaker system and I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Even back then, he was inspired as much by timbre and tone as by notes. The upright piano was never in perfect repair with notes clanging and ringing more than they were supposed to.
1: There was still a little bit of twang. You know, that upright piano, those full size, they, they really ring. I would love to just hold the sustain pedal down and I would just imagine boy if I had a synthesizer right now like this must be what it feels like and so I just kind of space out on some of those sustain notes sometimes really didn't even need too many notes to please myself.
0: Although he graduated from college with a degree in music, he made an unlikely toggle toward a practical career. He ended up working as a licensed electrician, a trade he continues to practice to this day.
1: Yeah, I never would have guessed electrician. There was no dream to do that. I had just some practical advice from my father that
0: you may want to look into learning the trade. Parallel to his musical and career uncertainties was a spiritual quest. He was raised as a Christian, but by the time he was in college, he felt a void and went on a spiritual quest. Despite studying and even practicing a few alternative religions, nothing had the answers he was in search of. A few years after college, he was experiencing a spiritual crisis.
1: There was a time even just when I started college and also after, where I was very depressed about my spirituality, Um, nothing felt right. And I had had some experiences. One was even a vision that I had had just a year before that came to me like in one of my darkest hours after college. And it was this vision I had had of a place I never visited, but after doing some research, it was the narthex, the front of where you would enter an Orthodox church. So I looked one up and found one that was local. And I went in and I said, this is just what I had seen before. And it was kind of a mystic journey, really. I don't mean to make it sound overly miraculous or anything, but for me it very much was. And through that I found this path that I've been trying to find all
0: along. Orthodox Christianity felt like the right fit to him and continues to be his practice. He even moved to his current home in North Carolina, partly to be near an Orthodox monastery that he often visits. He named his record company after a key concept.
1: In the Orthodox tradition, Nepsis or, you know, nepsis, it's a state of mind of watchfulness. And for someone that isn't familiar with what that means, that might be a little bit more unfamiliar with some of our pop culture, terms like thick next hand the Vietnamese monk has popularized the term mindfulness, which is very similar to a watchfulness. It's a state of mind that is very aware of what's going on inside without being attached to it. And nepsis is really something that any true seeker in that in the orthodox christianity wants to cultivate in their life because that's one of the essential elements they need in their life to be able to keep growing spiritually
0: made some recordings of Orthodox chant and released them on his label. But that's not typical of what you'll find Nathan Spear creating. He often records in his different styles according to the seasons.
1: I love solo piano. I was a big fan of George Winston. His folk piano style that became like very much categorized in the New Age genre that many people, including myself, said, oh, I'm going to make music like that. I really love producing that kind of music. But the textures of all the variety of instruments, for me, it's almost overwhelming. And I love to slowly bring them back in. And I kind of weave in and out through the seasons of the year. By summertime, I'm ready to do electronic music, whether it's gonna turn into something worth sharing or not. And by the winter, you know, I'm getting way into deeper ambient thoughts and feelings. And then at some point, if there's way too much color, way too much instruments and sounds to choose from, then solo piano is like my way to come back to center and focus on just one instrument, just guitar or just piano. And then if that noodling turns into, you know, some s- solid sessions, I make sure the record button's on, and I just let it go. I just let it happen.
0: Many of his solo piano works were created in real time, he just hit record and played. The aptly named Ambient Piano Improvs were recorded while streaming live on YouTube.
1: Ambient Piano Improvs, I performed in uh, 50 minutes, start to finish, and I tried doing a YouTube live stream. I got, I think, almost 10 people listening at one point, which was pretty awesome for me and I recorded it while I played I went back I edited a few things and I said I think this is just fine
0: Spear's ambient chamber music often features multiple instruments, but it's not coming from other musicians. Spear plays everything, including instruments he never formally studied.
1: Desperation was the other reason I got him, though, because I wanted to record music with those instruments, and I was afraid I couldn't afford to hire someone to record with me. I felt like, surely there's a way to try. I gotta try. And then that just goes back to a couple of the old mottos from college i took with me which was if you're going to do it you just do it don't spend your whole life just practicing you're going to play music and make it or you're just going to keep practicing those scales and chords so that's pretty much the approach i take for instruments
0: Although he readily declares affection for the music of George Winston and Keith Jarrett, Nathan Spear says that the more direct inspiration for his piano works are less obvious.
1: Even some of the simple keyboard pieces that you hear on uh, Enya's first albums, you know, they've even got like some electric piano with some nice delay reverb. And then electronic music also, that's influenced me a lot. Some of the deeper spaces of like Steve Roach, He's a little bit more for my generation, the music pioneer. I'm touched by Klaus Schultz, but you know, I've listened to much more of Steve Roach and his generation more so than Klaus Schultz, just to be honest. I love listening to other pianists, but I've drawn a lot of my inspiration from other guitarists like Pat Metheny, electronic musicians, and then I feel inclined to try to channel something that makes me feel like that when I'm playing piano. And then the way that it comes out, it's just not necessarily anything that is going to sound like who I was thinking of when I played it.
0: solo piano playing and mostly acoustic chamber music, Speer also records purely electronic music. But even those compositions sound largely played by hand, not based on mechanical patterns from sequencers or arpeggiators. Speer says that's partly due to his lack of expertise with the gear.
1: I don't know all the awesome technical things that some pro synthesizer players know when it comes to programming. So I rely on my keyboard skills to play through and do anything I can in the moment to make stuff happen. It took me a while to even learn how to understand the arpeggiator button. So I would just play the arpeggios by hand instead, you know, sadly. And then finally, you know, (laughs) last decade, I started finally figuring out some of those other features a little bit better, learning how to use them to my advantage.
0: Nathan Spear has no intention of focusing on any one particular musical direction, he'll continue to follow his spontaneous inspirations. His latest recording is the ambient chamber work, Over Earth, Under Stars, on his own Nepsis label. I will have a link to Nathan Spears' latest album, Over Earth, Under Stars, in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. Next week on the Echoes podcast, I've got our complete interview with Robert Rich. That's on the Echoes podcast two. And on the Echoes podcast one, we'll hear our interview with Sus we have gone from ambient country to ambient drone. I'm John DiLiberto. Don't forget to donate to Echoes right now. Make a meaningful contribution to something that I hope and try to make meaningful in your life. Go to echoes.org and hit the support tab at the top. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.